I have many questions about Miss Piggy, but one that's been occupying me lately is what was going on with the crew of the USS Bonefish? I will explain. In July 1977, there was a wire service article in newspapers across the country declaring that a U.S. Navy submarine stationed at Pearl Harbor had declared that their ideal woman and official pinup girl was Miss Piggy. Now, this was summer of 1977 after the first season of The Muppet Show had aired, so it was not super unusual to see people going nuts over the Muppets. But the crew of this Navy submarine went out of their way to specifically announce to newspapers that they were no longer interested in Farrah Fawcett Majors because now they were devoted to this pig puppet. This is interesting to me because first season Miss Piggy was not yet the glamorous superstar that she would become. She only had one outfit that she wore all the time, and the puppet was about to get a very welcome redesign. Also, she was created basically as an irritant who would literally throw herself at Kermit and get in his way. But the guys on the USS Bonefish, they sent her a photograph of their submarine autographed by the entire crew. And Lieutenant Commander J.R. McCleary invited Miss Piggy to visit them in Hawaii, although he did warn her about attending any luau's since they could be dangerous to her health. And the weird thing is, I bet some of those guys were straight. So today on the podcast, we're going to talk about first season Miss Piggy, and we are going to figure out what did they see in her? I can't give you anything but love, baby. That's the only thing I've plenty of, baby. Kissy kissy and welcome to another episode of the Fantastic Miss Piggy podcast. I'm Danny Horn and this podcast chronicles my journey to learn everything there is to know about that divine swine, the incomparable Miss Piggy. We are talking about season one of The Muppet Show today and my guest from Moving Right Along, The Muppet Movie Podcast is the attractive and talented Anthony Strand. Kissy kissy, Anthony. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Kissy, kissy, Danny. I wanted, right. I wanted to think of another thing, like a, like a mer- <laughs> merci beaucoup, Danny, or something. But that would work. All I could think of was, was Pee Wee Herman saying merci bleu Simone. <laughs> and I wanted to say that instead. Um, yeah, no, thanks for Hi. having me. I'm, I'm excited. Hi. Great. I am delighted to have you here. Why don't you tell the nice people about moving right along? Moving right along is a Muppet movie podcast brought to you by Tuppigs.com. <laughs> Say, just like this podcast yeah and and this in our one it's myself and ryan Rowe, the co-owner current co-owner of the website we watch muppet movies two minutes at a time mm-hmm. so each episode is two minutes in order sequential order of a muppet movie well not and each we, episode is two minutes each episode is each, each, no, in in each episode, each episode we cover out. two minutes right. yeah, a yeah. two minute chunk of the movie <laughs> our episodes are typically much longer yes. um but we've done the first four movies. We've done Christmas Carol, and now we'll do Muppet Treasure Island sometime <laughs> in the future. You, yeah. It feels a little bit like you're putting it off, Muppet Treasure Island, for some reason. Well, I, I we, we could talk about this here. <laughs> I don't, I, the thing is, I don't like the movie very much at all. Yeah. And Ryan likes it more than I, but I don't know that it's like his favorite movie. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that he, like, I know it's not his favorite movie. Yeah. It's like yeah. a sixth favorite Muppet movie or something. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that he's really all that excited about being the guy who's like, uh, actually, I got to I got to defend it. You know, like, yeah, I, I think I'm much more excited to be like, ugh, subpar. Right. Than, than Ryan oh, is that, to be yeah, like, that puts par. him in the position of yeah. like, right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're going to have to mm-hmm. you're going to have to like dig into the metaphor of it. Yeah. Yeah. And the metaphor of it is, can we do that again after Muppet <laughs> Christmas Carol? And yes. it turned out it turned out they could not. Yeah. No, not really. At least not that time. That's the story of Muppet Treasure Island is like we we have a winning formula 
And then it turned out that Formula won exactly once. Right. Yeah. You know? And it's and and so now it's just another Brian Brian Henson novelty piece. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But Miss Piggy doesn't show up for over an hour into that thing. So let's not talk about that. No, well, that's when I'm coming. I usually come on the show for the Miss Piggy parts and just talk about how great Miss Piggy is. So it's nice that this time I I got you to come on my show to talk about how great Miss Piggy is. I'm here for it. Now, one thing I like to do is start out the podcast by saying something nice about Miss Piggy, which I think every podcast should do. And you would be amazed by how many podcasts do not open that way. Like this American life is like, okay, before we get started, though, let's say something nice about Miss Piggy. So... Anthony, I will ask you, what is one of the ways that Miss Piggy has made your life better and happier? One of my favorite things about the Muppets is the way that in in songs, especially mm-hmm. the way Frank Oz will ad lib just like silly lines off the wall lines to entertain yeah. himself. And there is no better vehicle for this than Miss Piggy. Mm-hmm. There are so many mediocre Muppet projects from the 1990s where Frank Oz is playing Piggy and clearly bored out of his gourd. And then he'll just yell, I'm going fruitcake or something. <laughs> that's, you know, that's in Kermit and Pig. Yeah. And it makes me so happy. Yeah. That, that Piggy's ability to just like cause chaos, even, even when the project didn't want her to and didn't care. Right. Yes. Yeah. You, you know, that is, is what she brings. It, it's one of the things that kept the Muppets alive yeah. during during like a dark era for them. The like mm-hmm. post gym, pre-Disney sale, you know, which is what we're in. We're in on the podcast right now. So I'm hearing a lot of that stuff. Right. And man, yeah. every time Frank gets to play Piggy, it's like the Muppets are back. Something special. Yeah. That's a really good one. We are going to talk about kind of how she happened as she developed over the first season of The Muppet Show. And I preparing for this, I kind of realized what a smart idea it was for moving right along that you talk about two minutes of the movie, because <laughs> this is a really <laughs> big topic and there is so much to talk about. So we're going to we're going to hit the highlights and see how this goes. Now, in 1980, I wanted to start out with just a little sound clip on the Today Show when Frank Oz was asked if Miss Piggy was based on anybody. Is there an amalgam of real people in her, or is she absolutely fantasy? Is there any Mae West, for instance, in Miss no, Piggy? No, no, I, I didn't pattern, pattern her after anyone. It just came from my warped view of women. <laughs> it, 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 just, it just kind of happened. So that's what we're doing today. We are going to look at how it just kind of happened. So let's start out with episode 101, with Julia Prowse episode. This is the first episode of The Muppet Show, and it ends with Temptation as sung by the Muppet Glee Club. The bunch of frogs and chickens and pigs who are part of the Glee Club, including Miss Piggy, and Kermit's the conductor. And they start out by singing different songs, and Kermit says it would be better if they were all singing the same song. The chickens say wild, and the pig says the frog is a genius. And then here's Miss Piggy's first line. She kind of mumbles to another pig. He's awful cute, too. <laughs> and that is where that is how Miss Piggy enters our lives. Which is such a, it's such a mission statement of a line, right? It's like, yeah. I mean, it, it's truly right up there with, there goes Charlie Brown, good old Charlie Brown, how I hate him yes. being, being the first peanut strip where yeah. it's just like from, from minute one, it's clear what this thing is going to be. Yeah. And, and that's going to be for the next five decades, that's going to be the runner. Right. And Kermit calls her picky, honey. They, they say that they want to sing Temptation. So they're all in. Since there seems to be some consensus of opinion here, the Muppet Glee Club will now render <clears throat> temptation. 
piggy, honey? Hmm? You can take the solo. Yes, my love. Here we go. I know him. And then she mutters to the to the pig next to her, I love him. <laughs> so Kermit calling her piggy, honey, he's just like being being a director, right? He's he's just he's trying to schmooze her. He's trying to get a performance out of her, right? Like he's 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 Warren William in 42nd Street or something. <laughs> he doesn't care about her. I, I I would say that's up for debate. At this sketch, you think he's well, actually, actually, yes. Like for this sketch, I would say yes, that's up for debate. As of her very next appearance, absolutely not. Sure. <laughs> Kermit, can we talk about Kermit here for a sec? Let's. He feels very Sesame Street-ish to me in this sketch. Mm. Like he's trying to wrangle all these all these silly creatures, you know, which is like not, not silly creatures on Fraggle Rock, but like mm-hmm. creatures who are being silly. Yeah. And he he's like talking down to them the same way he talks down to Grover or Cookie Monster, you know, when they're when they're presenting a body part or whatever, you know? Yeah, because these animals are just being goofy and stupid. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't feel like like backstage overwhelmed Kermit. He's very like like teacherly. We maybe maybe we should all sing the same song, you know, right, like he's yes. very very like trying to like speak calmly to, to get what he wants. Well, and he's like, and they never do this again on the show. They never put, they don't really put Kermit out on stage like this with a group of people. Yeah. Not unless he's singing. Like if yeah. he's, if he's performing the song, they'll do that. But now I, I, I could say from like within the continuity that like this sketch might be the reason why he doesn't do this anymore. Cause it goes so poorly. <laughs> it goes poorly for him. Yeah. I just want to take a second to acknowledge the costume. Cause Piggy is wearing a special costume just for this scene. I don't know if you clocked that. Mm-mm. it's not her typical silver satin dress like everybody looks super snazzy in this all the frogs and the pigs are wearing purple tuxedos and the chickens and piggy they have spangly dresses on and so there's a couple chickens in blue and then piggy is in kind of like a light maroon and she's got a flower and she's got she's got bare arms in this this is one of the very few times that she doesn't have gloves on so they start singing temptation and piggy takes the solo and it is richard hunt's voice and that's so unsettling like and, I, so I, like, and and even even some of the sketches that we watched for this, we hear Richard Hunt a little bit in some of those episodes. Yeah, you know, there's a there's a uh, panel discussion in Florence Henderson, right, where she's she's Richard Hunt, but it's just so strange that this is her big moment. This is Piggy's star making moment. Mm-hmm. She's Frank. To be clear for the audience, she's yes. Frank Oz when she's talking. Yes, yeah. When she says, "I love him," and yes, my love. That is Frank it's, Oz. It's Frank, yeah, yeah. And then she starts singing, and it's Richard Hunt. It's this, it's this, you know, pr- pretty close to Gladys the Cow. Yeah, it's it's voice. that kind of like matronly voice. Yeah, yeah. And it's like because I think I I heard this before I ever saw it. Like mm-hmm. I think my first experience with this was, um, I I, I don't know if we want to shout out Scott by name, but let's um, do it. Yeah. All right, our friend Scott, <laughs> uh, 20, 20 plus years ago posted mp3s of every single song from the yeah, muppet show season one on his yeah. website and so i hadn't seen most of those episodes and certainly this is from the first episode so it was one yeah. of the first songs i listened to and i don't think i knew it was piggy singing until you like you told me on the t- on the tough pigs forum you know yeah and and you wouldn't know that just from listening to this as the song yeah right. because it, it yeah. does it sounds like gladys the cow from sesame street right right so it's just like oh there's there's richard hunt taking the solo great yeah. Always nice to hear Richard, right? So this is, it's the curious case of Miss Piggy in the first season where she gets passed back and forth 
between Frank Oz and, and Richard Hunt for most of the first season. Right. Which so does Mildred is, is, is Richard right? is, yeah. Well, cause like Frank plays her during um at the dance when she's dancing with George. It's always oh, Frank yeah. there. Yeah. And like Aaron Oscar plays her sometimes Richard plays her sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, and I think even Louise gold in season two, once or twice. And, but she's, she's like treated like a character, you know, she like always has that like upper crust Margaret Dumont voice who's mm-hmm. ever playing her. Uh, but they just kind of are like, whatever, who's ever available. So I, I don't know if it's just that most of the performers were men. So it's like, oh, the female characters can just, just be go like, anywhere, can just be played by whoever, I, I guess. Well, something that's funny is, is that Richard, like, I, I understand the, you know, she gets passed back and forth a bit, but Richard plays her for way longer than you'd expect. He's still occasionally playing her. It's up until 117 that he's still playing her like way after we've already had like Miss Piggy focused episodes, like some of the ones that we're going to talk about. Right. And so one thing that I think is they may have just taped a whole bunch of sequences at once. So like for at the dance, Richard Hunt plays Piggy for all of the at the dance spots for the first half of the season. And then in 115, he switches to a different female pig. Mm. And on and Vets Hospital, like Hunt and Oz kind of like share them for most of the season. It goes back and forth. So like episode 105 is Hunt, episode 109 is Oz. Because Richard isn't playing Janice yet. Yeah, no. So he's like half of the time he's playing Miss Piggy, Nurse Piggy in Vets yeah. Hospital. And then Hunt does Vets Hospital in 117. And then that's the the last time in the season. After that, she's entirely Frank Oz. Yeah. So I bet they did shoot a bunch of Vets Hospitals in a row, right? Yeah. Like that would make sense. I would imagine at the dance at least. Yeah. But yeah, Frank is Frank is playing George and Mildred in most of those. Mm, yeah, that's true. You know, so here she comes singing Temptation to Kermit and she's forcing her way through the crowd. So this is Piggy's great advantage in the show. I think there's something brilliant that is accidental here. The thing that literally takes her out of the background chorus is that she loves Kermit. Like having her fall in love with Kermit is such a good idea because Kermit is the main character. Yeah, like, She could not have chosen a more productive storyline to the extent that it is the only enduring storyline that the Muppets ever have. I mean, I guess so storyline now that you say it. Yeah, because like. Fozzie's not funny. It's not a story. It's not a storyline. Yeah. They don't get chased by Doc Hopper forever. Like Gonzo doesn't have a thing with Camilla that like lasts as a story. Right. It's just kind of in and out. Every once in a while, we'll see something about Gonzo and Camilla or not. Yeah. But unrequited romance, it offers endless story potential. Well, just, I think you'll, I'm sure you'll talk about this in later episodes, but like, then it all leads up to that period in the eighties where it kind of feels like they're married. Like it does it does feel like an arc that like starts here and ends with I got you Maureen the Mink. You know? <laughs> Manhattan or oh yeah. No, I, that, I think it ends with Family to... Christmas where they where mm-hmm. they essentially are a married couple and Kermit spends the whole special like worrying that his wife is gonna show up right. so he can give her his Christmas present. Like there's no no sense at all of like the chase of of Piggy be, go being after Kermit and him not wanting like he just misses her and wants her there. Yeah, from, you're right from, from from minute one in that special. You know, no, I think you're totally right that 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 arc really, yeah, it does go until 1989. And then in the 90s, they just started mixing it up again. 
Is there, is there anything that you want to say about uh, Temptation? One thing about Temptation is I this is this is online Muppet fan stuff. You can cut this if you want. But I, I remember. Do you remember this back in the old days? There was like a rumor that the whole thing was ad libbed. That is a thing. Yeah. Yeah. People would say that like, oh, Piggy was just supposed to be a, a background character. But then Frank Oz ad libbed the whole thing. Right. Which one? It's not Frank. It's Richard. <laughs> and to like no that's what the whole sketch is about yeah it's clearly not the case because there's no there's no joke otherwise right yeah so people are silly i guess is my is my thought well i think people get it mixed up with the other legend which is the next thing we're going to talk about in episode 104 the ruth buzzy episode backstage plot for this episode is there's a mechanical wind-up tv show host that's just kermit it's just kermit (laughs) with a big wind-up key in his back which is super cute Mm mm-hmm Kind of late in the episode, Piggy makes her appearance. The 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 mechanical Kermit has been causing some chaos backstage. She is waiting for Kermit outside the dressing room door. He opens the door. Oh, light of my life, frog of my arms, at last we are alone. So this is now the first time that we see how Miss Piggy actually speaks to Kermit. And it's like that. It is very overwrought. It yeah. is like, it is absurd. It's, it feels very like eighth grade Ren Faire enthusiast piggy, you know, like. And then she does it when she's alone as well. Cause Kermit leaves. Right. She goes into the dressing room. The line that I wrote down in the dressing room is, oh, wretched day for a pig in her prime to be thus scorned. <laughs> Which is like, it feels like Pogo or something, you know, it's like some kind of melodrama. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. It's That's how just, I'm thinking about it. Yeah. Or like a yeah. little bit of pastiche Shakespeare or something. Yeah. Yeah. It, it it doesn't feel loose enough to be Piggy as we would come to know her. Well, definitely not. Oh, how I long to hear my love whisper sweet passion. And she's doing this in private. Like this isn't, yeah. this isn't for sure. She's really like this. So it's marking her out as this extremely theatrical character who has like a melodrama that's happening in her, in her head. head. Yeah. And so we hardly know anything about Miss Piggy at this point. But but the one thing that we know is that she is fantasizing, like not just for Kermit's sake, but because this is what she does. And the funny thing is, I don't think there's anything, you know, you and I are both like, what does this sound like? Like, what is this? And I think it's possible that that this is just a new thing that happened in the world. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if there was anything like this in history before. Well, I mean, this is much later, but like, did you watch Hey Arnold? I did you're not. Too, I was, probably I, too old. I was you're too much old for Hey Arnold. Yeah. Yeah. You're like a decade older than me. Uh, Helga, the character Helga Pataki, whose whole thing is that she's a bully, but she's in love with Arnold, mm-hmm. will do this. As soon as she's alone, she's always like, ah, my sweet Arnold, the <laughs> prince of my heart. Aww. That foot, that football shaped head fills me with delight or whatever. And that's so she's that's what Diggy. this feels like to me. Yeah. yeah. Like. Like, so maybe she is just being season one, episode four, Miss Piggy for some reason. <laughs> but it like it suggests that it's like, just like, like you mentioned Shakespeare. It feels like theatrical longing, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. And Piggy's in a theater. I mean, we don't know how long she's had this job. <laughs> you, you know, I mean, Piggy. So you think Piggy, that this, this job has made her more theatrical? Well, I think Piggy has such theater kid energy anyway. Yes. Yeah. Y- you know? Yeah. And so like here where she's young, it makes total sense to me. That she's just like writing she's poetic just a drama kid li- yeah. lines for herself backstage. Yeah, you know? That yeah. checks out, I think. Yeah, absolutely. She's rehearsing. Always rehearsing. Yeah. So Robot Kermit shows up. And Robot Kermit is 
horny for Miss Piggy. Like, this is why generative AI is a problem, is this right here. Hey, uh, listen, you. Hey, you. How about you and me getting together and making some steam heat, huh, Snuggle Bunny? Snuggle Bunny? Oh. Yeah, look, look, look. Let me take you away from all this. A marriage made in heaven, a frog and a pig. We could have bouncing baby figs. I, I had forgotten that it was Robot Kermit who said bouncing baby figs, by the way. That that's the first time that that comes up. Yeah, that that's where it comes it's from. It's the yeah. robot's idea. Yeah. Yeah. And then he whispers sweet nothings into her ear, which apparently are really, they are very much sweet somethings because she gets offended by it. Yeah, she's like horrified. Yeah. I, I honestly, I remembered the punchline of this scene as being that like she's enthralled and then the real Kermit shows up and, and ruins it for her. But that's not what no. it is. Yeah, no, she's pissed off. <laughs> she's horrified by it. Right. And this is the legendary karate chop. It was supposed to be a slap. And the story is that in rehearsal, Frank Oz kind of for he he has said basically like kind of for some reason. And the and the some reason is because Frank Oz is always trying to plus his material. Mm-hmm. He turns it into a karate chop and it was hilarious. And so that's what they do on the show. And she karate chops him to the ground and then she stamps on him several times. It is violent mm-hmm. and it is very funny. Uh, uh, piggy, Piggy, uh, l- let me explain. Oh, explain this. she hasn't found the low growl in her voice yet she's still like always high falsetto but the stamping i think is what makes her really like masculine and aggressive in this this is something like i want to talk a little bit about kind of like battle of the sexes comedy because that's what this is and i think people these days this is a thing that is now happening on the internet that people are complaining about Miss Piggy, like the boy chasing, like it's not just saying that he's cute, like she comes for him. She like leaps on him. She pins him to the ground. He runs away and she chases him off stage like she does not leave the lizard alone. And so the reading of that has become kind of more complex in the modern world. But at the time, this was just like battle of the sexist comedy. So I'm wondering if you can if you have thoughts on that. Sure. Well, you I remember when you asked me to come on the show, you asked me to think of movie characters from like the 30s and 40s who feel like antecedents for Miss Piggy. Yeah. Right. And the first thing that came to mind is Barbara Stanwyck in the Lady, mm-hmm. the, the Preston Sturgis movie, which I, I know I know you're a Sturgis fan as well. Maybe that's why it was the first one to come to mind. But she plays a con woman in the movie mm-hmm. who is uh, trying to win over this air, this beer, beer ale, right? Isn't it? Ale, Isn't right? Yeah. Henry Fonda. Yes. Yeah, he's an heir to an ale fortune on this uh, cruise ship. And she just keeps coming for him. Like, mm-hmm. he, Henry Fonda is such a, like, milk toast. Just like, he's just like a befuddled every man. He's a like, real you know, innocent. He's he's, yeah, he's been up the Amazon looking for snakes for like 10 years and doesn't really know how to deal with women. Right. And she just, like, keeps coming for him. They're like, multiple scenes in that mm-hmm. movie of her like on top of him yes. and him not knowing what like physically on top of him yes yeah and and him not knowing what to do you know mm-hmm. and i want to sorry to spoil an, an 82 year old masterpiece <laughs> uh, everyone should see it like yeah go you, and watch the lady eve it's very, very watch funny. lady eve it's yeah um but 
like at one point she convinces him that she's not herself but another lady who looks like her mm-hmm. basically so that she can seduce him again <laughs> like yes basically like having him, him having escaped from her clutches she's like i need a new angle i'm going to pretend that i'm not the same person so i can <laughs> do it again which feels like piggy obviously didn't do that thing but like it feels very piggy it feels the kind very of thing, like yeah like like the pursuit cannot end because I have <laughs> right. failed once. Right. You know? Yes. Yeah. Um, I need to come back and come back in an even more glamorous way, which is right, also very exactly. big. Yeah. 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 And like, so that, that's one example, but there are a lot of romantic comedies from the 30s and 40s, especially that that are centered on like, here's a brassy dame and a and a befuddled man who doesn't know how to yeah. deal with this of this like rush of affection. And so that's what Kermit and Piggy are. That's exactly what Kermit and Piggy are. This is it's it's screwball you comedy, know? basically. Yeah, it's it's exactly screwball comedy, and it's again, it, yeah, you're right. It's not a setup that really exists anymore. Like once once second wave feminism came in, we, we don't <laughs> need. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's it, it's like a very like like uh, pre women's lib thing for like where the where the comedy comes from. Essentially, this is a woman on top in this relationship. She's the the dominant force in the relationship, exactly. and she and she stays there basically in in like thirties and forties screwball comedies. Like she stays there just by talking faster and way more. And right, like exactly. Fast, if she's faster and funnier than the guy is, then then you know Catherine Hepburn is sort of like striding around in the world, and and Cary Grant is sort of like a little puppy chasing after right. her. Like, wait, but what? What are you what are you doing to my life? Yeah. Right. Bring bringing up baby, of course, you just mentioned mm-hmm. is another one that's like that. And actually, speaking of bringing up baby, 5 years before this before the started, uh What's Up Doc is mm. basically a remake of Bringing Up Baby where I think that's kind of the last time that that really happened where where Ryan O'Neill is like a boring scientist who just wants to think about his rocks. And Barbara Stanwyck just kind of comes in like a whirlwind, talks <laughs> about all the colleges she got kicked out of, you know, mm-hmm. so, you know, uh, uh, her like just kind of like he, there's a, there's a scene in What's Up Doc. We want to talk about Miss Piggy. Um, there's a scene in What's Up Doc where Ryan O'Neill wanders into an empty room in an unfinished skyscraper, mm-hmm. sees uh, a tarp over a piano, pulls it off. Barbara Streisand is laying on the piano. <laughs> And tells him to play as time goes by so she can <laughs> sing it. And then she does. And then they're like, she like rolls off of the piano onto him, talks about all the colleges she got kicked out of. She keeps talking until they kiss. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's uh, that's not that far off. <laughs> I haven't seen now I have to Now I have to go see what's You've up. You've never seen What's Up Doc? No, I haven't. Oh, man. <laughs> you really got to see What's Up Doc. Like, yeah, apparently I do. That's that's. That's just one delightful scene of many. Yeah. But anyways, there are a lot of, these. I mean, I think when, when we, when you asked me to think about this, like, I know I talked about Carol Lombard and nothing sacred. Mm-hmm. Carol Lombard is another actress who, who um, has real Miss Piggy energy. Like she always feels like she's in charge no matter what movie she's in. I, I mean, something like, uh, to be or not to be isn't a very Muppety setup. Obviously, it's set during the Holocaust and it gets right. very serious. But it's still like Jack Benny's the husband and he's a goofball and Carol Lombard's in charge all the time. You know, 
being in charge is is being in charge in these movies is it just the is it just verbally or is there also some physical um well nothing secret actually has the scene where she and frederick march both punch each other out yes which feels feels like almost transgressive now like you wouldn't yeah you can't imagine they both comedy strike each other in the face right it's like it's like and it's and it's like a comedy scene yeah yeah i mean it's like it's like funny face mutual face punches to show Mm -hmm. that they're falling in love you know (laughs) and 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 i think that's why i thought of nothing sacred because that feels like piggy carol lumbar punching frederick march in the face more than anything feels like miss piggy yeah for sure yeah uh what what else well i I think i thought about the actress glenda farrell Mm-hmm. Who played played the journalist Torture? Did you ever get around to a Glenda Farrell movie? I by saw. The way? Yes, I saw some of those, or I saw like some parts. I saw some scenes. Sure, and she, with her, what reminds me about Piggy of Glenda Farrell is that mm-hmm. she's very glamorous. She's very beautiful. Yes, she is. Um, she's a real cutie. I mean, mm-hmm. I like, but she often has this like masculine edge to her, mm-hmm. where anytime she needs to take control, it's like her voice drops, and she's just like, "All right, Buster." Yeah. Let's get to work. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, which feels very, very like Piggy to me. So and she's, and she's a journalist. She's Glenda Farrell. She plays Torchy Blaine. Played Torchy Blaine. Yeah. That was her mm-hmm. series. And she was like a, a gal reporter. Right. Which, which I want to say it was Jerry Siegel in 1988 during mm-hmm. the, the Superman 50th anniversary stuff. Like in an interview specifically cited Torchy Blaine as oh, really? an inspiration for Lois Lane. Yes. That that's, that's not just conjecture. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, that I was, was the thing I was, that you said. yeah, like we were, we were watching these movies and, <laughs> and we liked the idea, you know, yes, basically. Yeah. So, and there's, and you know, Lois Lane and Miss Piggy have some similarities as well, I think. So I think that there's just this big stew of like strong-willed female characters in the mid 20th like century. in the 30s and 40s, yeah. Yeah, that, that Piggy that grows out of. up to this. And, um. I mean, I love all that stuff. You know, obviously, like yeah. I'm sitting here citing plot details from multiple <laughs> 30s and 40s comedies, but there's just something about that type of heroine, mm-hmm. you know, as as just just may, maybe because it's not it's not really a character type you can do anymore. I do think it's interesting that Piggy has kept it alive to some degree. Yeah, that she still is that like screwball comedy character. Yeah. And Great Muppet Caper is a screwball comedy movie. 100 percent. That's actually, yeah, and she's perfectly in that role of, like, the dominant woman, and and it has, like, mistaken identity, and everyone is, like, hurrying to cover things up. Like, her climbing up the the, the house on Highbrow Street and pretending that's her house, that's, that's a screwball comedy moment. That's totally a Barbara Stanwyck move. Like, I think that's why Great Muppet Caper is my favorite Muppet movie, Not, now that we're yeah. talking about it. Yeah, like, me too. It feels like this era of film that I that I really love that we both yeah that you yeah. and I can like we're going we're going deep into screwball comedy and we're both just loving it so much exactly exactly I guess I guess the the message for this part of the podcast is just for all the folks who have been like wait what is this what's going on let's just tell them the movies that you gotta see bringing up baby you gotta see the lady eve go and watch these movies if you have not watched them they are actually excellent and and what's up doc for a newer one and what's up doc and the great muppet game and the Great Muppet Caper. If you're listening to this podcast and you haven't seen the Great Muppet Caper, like I, I know podcasts will say like stop right now and go do it, but come on. No, we we'll don't tell the them to stop. Nobody, nobody, nobody stop right now, but when we're done, we'll be done. At some point, someday, Anthony, I have faith <laughs> that someday you and I will be done with this conversation. I'm not right. sure when that's gonna be. 
Um, and then we can watch Great Mother Caitlin. So episode 106, the Jim Neighbors episode, they do something extremely peculiar. The one thing that we know about Piggy from like Temptation and from this Karate Chop scene, she is hopelessly in love with Kermit. And so as soon as that's established, they immediately complicate it by having her express love for somebody else. She just comes right out of the gate being surprising and multidimensional. There is a talk spot with Kermit and Jim Neighbors where Jim says that as a country boy, he likes being around all the chickens and the pigs, especially that Miss Piggy. I just love her. And she immediately, that was my Jim Neighbors impression. It's pretty good. It was good. It was good. And she immediately dashes to his side. Right. Especially that Miss Piggy. I just love her. Oh, oh Piggy Lee. You called my love. Hey, Miss Piggy. <laughs> and so now she is in love with James. James. <laughs> for the first time, she gives a guest star a more formal version of his name. And for the first time, expresses passion for a guest star. When the sketch continues, like Jim does some loud opera singing, which blows Kermit like right off his seat. And, and Piggy says, well, Who doesn't appreciate classical music, James? But it drives me bananas. So I feel like this is, this is pioneering new forms of personal expression. And that is a thing that Miss Piggy does. Well, I like how Jim Neighbors seems like so amused by all of this. <laughs> yes, he's fine. Like, there's one line where she talks about being born at Becker's butcher shop and he just kind of goes bug eyed, <laughs> you know, he's like startled. Yeah. And it seems like it's because like, he's just, it seems like he was thinking of her as a person. You know, right. like, like we, we should probably know Jim neighbors famously gay came out of the closet decades later. Yes. Was, was already t- with his future husband at this time. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, Got married in 2013, but they, they'd been together since 1975. Uh, his 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 husband Stan. So like obviously Jim Neighbors, the real life guy, isn't going to be like Miss Piggy. What an attractive woman, or you know, or whatever, <laughs> sexually at least. But he seems so delighted to to be doing this sketch with this pig hitting on him. Well, like any gay man would, you have this, well exactly. Like that's what I'm saying. Diva. Like this yeah. is the first one. This is the first time <laughs> that Miss Piggy makes first contact with the enemy. Mm-hmm. First contact with a gay man, and he is delighted with her. Yeah, as he yeah. should, as we all are. Oh, that's so funny. And I like that once again, Piggy is going for the highest status guy in the room, and that is going to be a pattern for her. That it's Kermit, like Kermit is the boss, but then whenever there's a guest star, a hot guest star, hot male guest star, I should say, even if he's not hot, this is Jim Neighbors now, <laughs> right? Like not not to knock him, but like he's going. No, wild. you are you are right. No, no yeah. one thinks of him as as like a a hot man. Yeah, I don't think his well, husband stand yeah. presumably. Yeah, <laughs> he does. Episode one hundred seven is the first. This is the Florence Henderson episode. This is the first episode that you might say is like that's a Miss Piggy episode. Like she's got a backstage plot that lasts for most of the episode, such as they were at that time. Right. Like it's not it's not the most plot heavy Muppet Show. Well, and it's also like kind of a pig heavy episode in general. We have the we mm-hmm. have the uh, pig the, daredevils stacking up on each other's yeah. backs. So, yeah, you know, and there's just a lot of like pig pig sketches. I feel like 
so she comes up backstage. There's the pig acrobats have been have been on stage and Kermit is yelling at them. Move it, move it, get out of here. Out, 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 out. Kermit, you have such a masculine yell. Uh, yeah. Is, is there anything at all, anything I could do for you, my dear? Uh, no. Because I want to make you happy. Uh, good. When you're happy, the pig is happy. And when, <laughs> Which I just and love when, as a line. Right. Well, and I love it because what it also means is that she immediately aggressively attacks him with yes. what I have written in my notes described as one million kisses. Because <laughs> she's just all over him. Yeah. Yeah. She you it's, know, it's like, just... yep, literally just leaps on top of him. And she makes snorting noises. <laughs> she makes like pig noises, which you would never think of her doing that now, but like that actually comes up a few times that she makes like pig oink. Which, but it seems like it's only when she's like real excited. Like, oh yeah, no, that's her. Like, that's her. She, we are getting into control. it. Yeah, yeah, we are getting into it. Noise for sure. So Kermit's kind of crushed, and that sketch, or that that scene, I should say, there's no real resolution to that. She just gets up. And she says, forgive me for being so forward, but I'm a liberated pig. Ta. And then she just goes away. The 70s. And that's the end of the scene. <laughs> and Kermit's just crushed. And then there's the talk spot. Kermit and Florence are flirting with each other. Because, yeah. again, this is just a thing that they do on The Muppet Show. of Just, like, Muppets are horny, like, a lot of the time. All the time, yeah. And so here comes Piggy. the pig's away the frog will play <laughs> hi piggy don't hi piggy me you frog stealer now they're kind of having a fight now she's picking a fight with florence henderson right the, the she, thing that's happening. she calls her she calls her a frog stealer mm-hmm. florence henderson to be clear in case listeners don't know the mom from the brady bunch mm-hmm. a show that is over by this time like this isn't like this isn't young ingenue florence henderson this is this like is TV, mom yeah tv mom florence henderson yes what I like, though, is that one Florence makes a few jokes during this, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Piggy says, I'm like putty in your hands or whatever. Right. Yep. And then Florence Henderson calls her a cement mixer. That's um, that's a song. That's a song. Oh, reference. OK. I didn't know that. But either way, I like that Piggy glares at her just because she can't stand another woman making jokes like in, <laughs> in front of the frog, you know? Yeah. But then. Florence Henderson also kind of seems to be on Piggy's side because when Piggy calls her a frog stealer, mm-hmm. she like completely sells Kermit out. <laughs> She's just like, hey, well, it wasn't me. It was this guy. You know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. She's ready to have like a whole conversation about it. Oh yeah. 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 She's yeah. She's, she's there for it. Yeah. So Kermit has disappeared by this point. Piggy kind of rushes off to find her love. And Florence is laughing and and says that she's crazy. Kermit comes back up and she touches him on the arm. And then Piggy runs in and says, I told you not to touch him and karate chops her. So that's this is the second karate chop and it's a guest star. And then Piggy bites Florence on the arm. <laughs> First season Piggy is an absolute lunatic. She is more dangerous than Animal and Crazy Harry combined. Like she will do anything. I don't think there's another there's another example of a Muppet just like straight up biting a guest star because they get mad at him. Going backstage, she grabs him again. Oh, Kermit. 
that every time you yell, it sends a shudder through my body. Wonderful. I tremble with desire and uncontrollable passion. And just like basically just keeps doing melodrama dialogue at him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until he just he blows up. Now, they they can't keep doing this, just having her jump on him. So they're going to need to find more things for her to do. But mm-hmm. we are seven episodes into the show and they have at least they have figured this part out. Right. Charles Aznavour, episode 109. Charles Aznavour, yes. The French Frank Sinatra. <laughs> Here he is. Yeah, in his talk spots. This is another Miss Piggy goes in and messes with the guest star. Yep. And so this is a big moment because this is this is the moment when Piggy learns about speaking French. Yeah. It's a brand new concept for her. <laughs> yeah, Charles is talking to Kermit about speaking French and how romantic people find French so romantic. Charles Asenborg is like calls Miss Piggy over and Kermit says she she doesn't speak a word of French. And so yeah, that's startling now. <laughs> like because she always kind of doesn't speak much French, but like she loves to act as though she does. I believe that starts in the second season. This is the origin. This must be. Yes, Charles. Vous savez, mm-hmm. votre carte est une fuite et votre transmission s'écoule. Oh, oh Hey, listen, uh, you really got to her. What did you say? Well, I, I said your oil filter has a leak and your transmission is second. She is so into it. <laughs> she gets She's real like turned on. breathing so heavily. <laughs> and she, and in the end, she jumps on him and she just kisses him, kisses him. There's more oinking. So One million kisses. Yeah. She's still doing that. Yeah, a million kisses. And then she rushes off because she's just, she has lost control of herself completely. Kermit tries to apologize and Charles Asenborg says, sorry, I just met the girl of my dreams. And then he kind of walks off looking for her. Yeah. And then, and then now they're married still. <laughs> now they're married. So here, I think this sketch is important because here I think is the first place where the audience might start to get the message that maybe Piggy is fantastic rather than annoying. That like, here's a, here is a character that is interpreting this behavior in a more positive way. Which celebrities will do a lot. Oh, yeah. No, this like, is going to keep coming up. Yeah. And this is the first time when she's really, when she has made her first actual conquest. We'll, do we want to say that she karate chops Kermit and calls him a barbarian at the end? Uh, why don't you say that? Yes. Because I like that, <laughs> that she, he, Kermit says, one man's poison is another man's bacon mm-hmm. to, to Charles Eisenberg. Piggy comes in, karate chops him, looks down at him and says, barbarian. <laughs> Which is, I think, is such a fun moment. Yeah. And also, like, she's the one who violently attacked him. Yes. You know? Yep. And it's so, like, I don't know. It's good piggy material. It feels like they're really figuring her out here. You know, that, like, she can she can stomp Kermit to the ground and then call him a barbarian. And it makes total sense. And at the same time, she can seduce Charles Aznavour. That she is just this, this boiling pot of emotion. And that's something really different that she is bringing to The Muppet Show. I don't think any other character has feelings on that level gonzo i guess would be the other one gonzo really is, is yeah gonzo does involved yeah, does with his feelings and all that yeah. yeah in this season i think those are the two and they yeah, sure. and they both turn into major characters neither of them are necessarily set up that way from the start that everybody thought that those two were going to be main characters it was mostly i think people knew like kermit and fozzy and i think that's something that actually that both piggy and gonzo do in the first season to kind of establish themselves is that they are, they become characters who have real feelings. 
So episode 111 with Lena Horne. This is the first time that she's expressing concern about her career. Mm. Where she asks Kermit why she's not doing her song tonight. And Kermit's answer is... Well, because Lena Horne is our guest this week. And uh, how can I say this? There are singers and there are singers. You catch my drift? <gasps> oh, and, and you don't want me to overshadow Miss Horn. Oh, of course you're right. What a considerate frog. Oh. She's excited about that. Like she, a little bit later on in the backstage sketch, she says, the consideration you've shown Lena Horn has only reinforced my undying love for you. Yeah. And then it turns into chaos and violence. Kermit talks to Scooter about it. And Kermit tells Scooter that sometimes in this business, you have to be ruthless, merciless, and cruel. He's teaching Scooter how to, how to succeed in show business. What? Well, I'm sorry. You see, I, I've got to be ruthless, merciless, and cruel. Cruel? Mm-hmm. I'll show you cruel, kid. Huh? Oh, Kermit never told me about this part. Put this! And then Piggy attacks him for stating Kermit's actual opinion. That's what I like. It's not even his opinion. (laughs) That's true. It's it's just that like Kermit is you're pissing me off. Kermit's a good producer, you know? Like he knows how to talk to his his talent. He should not have been running his mouth like that with Scooter. That's the that's his big mistake. And then she does it again with Kermit, where Piggy, where Kermit says, Piggy, sometimes the truth hurts. She says, hurt? I'll show you hurt. And then she karate chops him. So this is now, I feel like this is the episode that that really just makes the karate chop into a thing. Right. This, we, I think we're expected to recognize it. Here. Yeah. Like at this point, you just you have to watch what you say and what you what you do with Miss Piggy or she'll cut you in half. Before this. Like a thing that I that I think is interesting about about this episode is before this everything was about romance. You mm-hmm. know, even when she karate chopped Kermit before it was about romance, or he's just insulted her. This is the first one that's a karate chop for business reasons. Right, you're right. So so she is now becoming formidable. Like she's becoming a a, a dangerous presence in yeah. the Muppet Show backstage. It's now not just it, it is now free floating aggression. It is not only about her romance with Kermit. But now, now she's becoming a terrifying force. And then there's there are three piggy songs right after that, all in a bunch in the mid middle of the season. So in episode one twelve, she does a UK spot where she sings another "Somebody Done Somebody Wrong" song. And one thirteen with Bruce Forsyth, she sings "Let There Be Love." And then one fifteen, she uh, she finally gets her own opening number where she sings "What Now, My Love." And so it it feels like here. They have they have realized like, oh, wait, Miss Piggy's a thing and she's supposed to be a singer and we haven't actually had her sing anything yet. She's just been talking about it. Maybe let's give Piggy some songs. And I feel like I asked you to to watch the the Bruce Forsyth, the one, the, the Let There Be Love. Right. So I mentioned at the top of this podcast that mm-hmm. temptation was the thing that I heard before I saw. Right. And I don't think that's the case. I mean, it must have been. I heard all those season one songs, but I didn't like latch on to Bruce Forsyth and Piggy at that time. Right. But um, when my wife Roz and I first started dating in 2009, I this is this is pretty late for this to happen, but it happened. Mm-hmm. I burned her a mix CD because we one of the first oh. things we bonded over was the Muppets, right? Yeah. And I burned her a CD of all Muppet love songs. 
so it's so it's your I mean it's never before never again and it's the first time it happens and and gonna always love you and all that kind of stuff but also let there be love by Piggy and Bruce Forsythe mm-hmm. and love in a laundromat by Gonzo and Camilla <laughs> and like all this silly stuff uh, I'd give my soul by Moki Fraggle right about Baguni and no uh, wonder she fell for you it's that's right. That's yeah, right. That's beautiful. Uh, and m- much like Piggy and Charles Aznavour, we are married still. <laughs> uh, so I've heard "Let There Be Love" because we'll put that on in the car sometimes on road trips. Aww. I've heard "Let There Be Love" so many more times than I've seen it, you know. And so watching it yesterday for this podcast, what struck me the most was I think of when Piggy goes, "Love between Bruce and the pig, love, 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 love," or whatever, <laughs> mm-hmm. like. That feels so much like that thing she's going to do later on The Muppet Show where she's like furiously kissing Elton John's chest Mm -hmm. or like she and Chris Christopherson look like they're about to go get a room in an (laughs) episode with his wife as the other guest star. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, So in my mind, it's like Piggy, like aggressively flirting with Bruce Forsyth, but it's not. They don't touch. Yeah. Both are in stationary positions and they don't touch one another. So it's just like the the like memory of other later piggy duets (laughs) like is just like how i imagine this one being yeah well this one it's you know they can't she can't move towards him because for the first time she's actually sitting sitting in a very in a very glamorous pose next to bruce at the piano and showing her legs and her feet which is amazing and the guest star is singing a romantic song specifically for her and it's i mean it's bruce forsyth who we should we should note maybe for uh listeners isn't really a singer i mean he's a tv host he's a yeah he's like a tv presenter in england he's not he's not really a, a singer he's not really a comedian but he did this he did this very well i feel he no he does do this very well and i think he's but very charming in the was. episode yeah but it's like it's not like this is like some heartthrob this is this is dick clark you know or something <laughs> right. this, is, yes. this is british dick clark essentially you know yeah and I think it's but fascinating she is putting, that but like, she is putting that's passion into it. Yeah. Right. That, that that's who it is. And she's still putting passion. In it. And he seems like he's having a great time. Yeah. Like he seems like he's having fun. And so I think this is, this is now a direct cue for the audience. I feel like now this is a statement that Miss Piggy is not a completely ridiculous character. And that seeing Miss Piggy as glamorous is more fun than not seeing her as glamorous. Right. Sure. That you can kind of, you can put her into this pose and people start, buying into the fiction because this is funnier than the actual reality you think this is the one that the the uss cuttlefish what was it the uss bonefish uss bonefish this you think this is the one that they saw they were like we gotta i yeah i feel like this one i feel like this is involved if folks are not familiar with this sketch go and look at episode 113 you will see exactly what as soon as you see it you will you will say to yourself this is this is worth getting a whole navy submarine (laughs) <laughs> right well and it's all you don't even have to look up the episode on disney plus like you can google muppet show let there be love and like the sketches on youtube oh that's you true know, you can just watch the sketch i forget how the internet works yeah there's a lot of muppet show sketches <laughs> on youtube yeah there really are now that you say that yeah yeah it's not like the old days it's not like the tape trading days <laughs> right i know well, we were just talking about like making mixed cds that kind of brought me back into the back right. into the past back into the old days so episode 116 this is it this Avery Schreiber. A, this is a big one. Yeah. This is so so I'm gonna lay all my cards on the table. Yeah. This is my favorite episode of season one. I've seen it 
except for Vincent Price, which which we watch every year. Mm-hmm. This is the other season one episode I've seen the most times. I watch it all the time. I went on, I reviewed it for Tough Pigs, and I went on Muppeturgy's episode about it. Tell, well, tell, it so, tell me about it. it so much. I just like here's the thing. I don't know Avery Schreiber outside. Like I know that Burns and Schreiber comedy team existed. I yeah. know Jack Burns was the head writer on season one. You mm-hmm. know. But like, I don't think I've ever seen Burns and Schreiber on stage together. I don't think I've never like looked up their clips. Yeah, no, I have no either. But I love him in this episode. Like, he seems like he just he to me, he's one of the first guest stars who like really meshes perfectly with the Muppets comedy wise. Like mm-hmm. he just he just gets it. Yeah. You know, like every single thing he does in this episode like works with the Muppets. There's not, there's no like, now we're going to give Avery Schreiber's, you know, because they'll do that. They'll be like, yeah. now here's the guest star, just like Steve Martin making balloon animals or whatever, mm-hmm. which is fine. I, I I love Steve. Don't get me wrong. But everything but he's not, is, he's not doing Avery Schreiber material. He's doing Muppet material. He's doing Muppet material. Even when he does yeah. Burns and Schreiber thing, it's with Fozzie, you know, yeah. like, yeah. And um, a big part of that is that he seems so delighted <laughs> to be like bouncing off of Miss Piggy in the in the talk spot, you know? Yeah. And he is supposed to be in on it on this. The the plot is that that she is pulling a trick on Kermit. And Avery Schreiber is part of that trick. And he seems to be delighted to to be doing that. Yeah, he's into it for yeah. sure. So what's happening here is that um we first see backstage, Miss Piggy asks Scooter to help her out. This is kind of I what I, I see this as like the birth of the truck driver. In Muppet Guys Talking, in the in that documentary, Frank Oz, he talks about Piggy, and he says that when he did the karate chop, that kind of created Piggy for him. And he says, because she's really a truck driver underneath. And this episode, I think, is where you really, for the first time, like, you see that truck driver emerge. Scooter, Scooter! Oh, dear nephew of the theater owner! Well, yes, Miss Piggy? Would you do Miss Piggy a favor? Oh, sure, why not? Mm. Well... You may have noticed I have given my love to Kermit. You may also have noticed his reluctance in returning same. Oh, so you want me to get your love from Kermit and give it back to you? Oh, okay. Where, where does he keep it? <laughs> Amusing little twit, isn't he? <laughs> no, bonehead! I want you to make him jealous! And that's kind of like the truck driver really coming out for the first time. So something that I think is amazing here is she started the season in that melodrama mode that we were talking about of like, oh, my life, my love, frog of my arms. Oh, to see a pig yeah. scorned. Right. <laughs> and now she's saying no bonehead in that with that kind of like masculine growl. This is a very different character from what she was just nine episodes ago. Like the Florence Henderson, when she was doing that stuff, that was that was 107. This is 116. This is a couple yeah. months later. And so then in the talk spot, Kermit's talking to Avery Schreiber and she comes in and basically does that melodrama kind of dialogue again, except this time it's an act. Oh, please, please let me just stand here and gaze upon that adorable face. Oh, well, there's no time for that, no matter how adorable you think my face is. Not your face, El Toto. His. And it's the kind of stuff that she would have said before, except now it's it's a gag. Now she's being sarcastic. Speaking of Avery, like being into it, 
after Kermit says that Piggy means his, Avery's adorable face. Mm-hmm. Or I mean, Kermit says, you, you mean my adorable face, right? That's yes. what Kermit says. Avery does this like skeptical eyebrow. <laughs> this like, just like, I, I, I don't think so, Frog. <laughs> you know? And he's just like, he's so excited about playing along. And like, I think, is it Piggy and him both say, what's the matter in unison mm-hmm. to Kermit? Yes. Yeah. That's great. It's yeah. so fun. Yeah. Avery says he keeps kosher, so bacon never touches these lips or whatever. And then she karate chops yep. them. Put your lips to this. <laughs> That's so good. And there the truck driver lives. Fozzie Bear, stand by. You are jealous, aren't you? Fozzie, stand by. Uh, no, I'm not. Goodbye. Uh, Fozzie, stand by. Well, Scooter told me it was all a trick. Scooter, stand by. <laughs> Nice punt. Who needs you? Flipper face. So this is now three karate chops in one episode. Yeah. Miss Piggy is now officially a terrifying force who is just occupying the Muppet Theater. Yeah, that's true. She is now entirely in control of this place. So there's there's eight more episodes in the season after this. Yes. But this was the last clip you wanted me to watch. Yeah, I realized that actually. So there's, I have something to say about the 124 as well. Okay, which is, remind me, 120, don't tell me. Don't tell me. All right. That's, that's Mum and Chance? No. You are so right. Is it Mum and Chance? Yeah, stick to your guns. All right, cool. Yeah, hey, that's <laughs> Mum and Chance, it. I heard. You got it on the first one. <laughs> yeah, this is the one where, where Gonzo's in love with Piggy. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. And Piggy has nothing but withering scorn for him. And the thing that I think is amazing with this episode is Gonzo is doing exactly the same thing to Piggy that Piggy was doing to Kermit in the early episodes. Mm-hmm. Like he literally throws himself on top of her, just like three, she threw herself on Kermit. Hug me, Miss Piggy. Hold me. I will not hug you, you twit turkey. Oh. Hold my hand, pig of my dreams. Will you beat it, Trump? <laughs> it is the exact same thing, and she despises it. Right, right. And she just karate chops. This is exactly the opposite of what she was when she started. And that was only six months ago. This character has right. made a, a complete yeah. 180-degree turn where now Gonzo is the effeminate lover. At one point, he says kissy-kissy to her. And faced with her own behavior of just a few months ago, it turns Piggy into the truck driver, and all she wants to do is yell and insult him and finally karate chop him. Yeah. Also, though, that weirdly, that is the basis for their entire relationship on Muppet Babies for some reason. <laughs> That's right. The, the original Muppet Babies, Gonzo's always hitting yeah. on her. She's always yeah. like, get away from me, you weirdo, you creep. And it's like, why is this what the babies are doing on the baby show? But <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Why is there know. this weird, un- uncomfortable love triangle? Take it up with Scott Shaw, I guess. <laughs> so if you think back to Temptation, where all all she says is like, he's cute and yes, my love, and everything for her is so is is feminine and melodramatic. There is so much development in Miss Piggy's character from the first episode to the last of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where she still keeps that like over the top femininity that she had at the beginning of the season, but now it's a put on. Oh, huh, you're right. Everything that she was 
in episode 101 is now sarcasm. Like she still loves Kermit. That's the thing that stays consistent is she still actually does want the same thing, but her approach is just completely different. And she's going to stay consistent from here on out and never change again. Yeah. Her development is over. That's what I'm (laughs) gathering from this. There's some more. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I believe there's some more things that are going to come up in the future. I can't wait to hear what they are on your podcast (laughs) because I've never seen the Muppets after after the after first season. episode for yeah. some reason i'm just a diehard there's more <laughs> season one fan yeah there's got to be somebody who's like you know, they went downhill they went completely downhill I, you know i bet there were people at the time you know like when it was a new show and this was like this like silly pun based at the dance show you know <laughs> was what i loved i don't you know and then i don't care if they if they develop and sing, have... if they want to sing "Boy in the Gallery," what do I care about that? <laughs> you know, are you going to do a whole episode about Piggy singing, like "Boy in the Gallery," and all these like British music hall songs in season two? Um, would you like to come back as a guest, and we'll have a, an episode about that? <laughs> Maybe. You know, all right. <laughs> you know who might is Ra- is Roz actually because she loves that stuff. Consider yourself booked. Well, Anthony, thank you, thank you so much. For joining me today this has been really really great thank you for having me danny uh where can people find you they can find me they can find my work mm-hmm. at toughpigs.com a website that you might have heard of before and um i don't write for the site as much as i used to i don't write for the site hardly at all anymore but uh, now you're I do, a podcaster i'm a podcaster i co-host moving right along a Muppet Movie Podcast brought to you by ToughPigs.com, which we discussed at the top of the show, but hopefully we'll have a new season out for Muppet Treasure Island sometime. Hooray! And you can listen to that. But in the meantime, we have full seasons on the Muppet Movie, Great Muppet Keeper, Muppet Take Manhattan, Muppet Christmas Carol, and special bonus season on uh, Muppet Family Christmas. So And, and can... I have to say, like your, post, your post-Christmas Carol season has been amazing. The specials we've done so far, yeah. you mean? Yeah. Like where we had Robert Kraft on? I can't yep. believe that. I know. So we're we... talking about like Beach Party and talking about Kermit on Pig. They're some of my favorite episodes of the, of the whole show. Thank you. So can I t- can I tell that story? Is that is that okay Please to do. like plug here what that is? Do it. Um, we, we did an episode, Ryan and I and our friend Becca, who I, uh, future guest on this podcast. She'll be on this podcast. My, my understanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did an episode about Kermit Unpigged. And the album from the mid nineties. And then the producer of that album, the uh, head of Jim Henson records, mm-hmm. Robert Kraft found the podcast, listened to it and was so delighted that someone made a podcast about this. And it was actually a good conversation mm-hmm. that he emailed us and said, Hey, if you have questions, I'd love to answer them. So he came on the show. Well, it turns out that after Jim Henson records, Robert Kraft was the head of music production for 20th century fox films Mm -hmm. for almost 20 years so this is the guy who produced like the titanic soundtrack yeah and and like once more with feeling from buffy the vampire slayer Uh, you know and like all kinds of stuff and he came on our show to talk about muppet beach party (laughs) like that's what a thrill like genuinely what an unexpected thrill it was so fantastic and that is the kind of magic that you get with moving right along well thank you i'm glad Such a good show we've also had danny on boy <laughs> and i don't know pro- probably 15 times i mean you've been on every season at least a yeah. couple eps and you did five for for uh the 
family Christmas. family Christmas. And you were in a f- couple, few different bonus episodes. I mean, you've been I know. on. You're one of our most frequent guests. I know. I want to be in another bonus episode. I, I get, it's, I, uh, you know, I get jealous every time you do a bonus episode. And I'm like, wait, I'm not on that one. What the hell? Is that, is that for real? No, I'm fine. All right. Well, next time coming up on this show, we've got Jared Faircloth coming in. He's going to talk about pigs in space from season two. And that's going to be fantastic. So stay tuned for that. Kissy kissy. And thank you for listening to this episode of the fantastic Miss Piggy podcast brought to you by toughpigs.com. If you have comments or questions or you know stuff about Miss Piggy that you'd like to share, you can write to me at fantasticmisspiggy at gmail.com. That's fantasticmisspiggy at gmail. I'm also on X at fantasticmisp and on Blue Sky at Danny Horn. Or come and join us on the Tough Pigs Discord. Thanks, everyone. I'll see you next time. Gee, I'd like to see you looking swell, baby. Diamond bracelets, Woolworth doesn't sell Baby, till that lucky day You know that well Baby, I can't give you anything but love